Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It is Tuesday, December 7th, a date that will live in infamy. I was just Although, Googling to see if it was today or yesterday. Very it good. Is yes, it is today, but it, it wasn't. Apparently, it, that's another one of those apocryphal quotes. I don't think that's exactly what he oh, said. We always forget right. the exact quote. Right. I think he just said, I think he said, uh, you know, today's whatever, uh, you know, do you say a day in infamy? I don't know what the real one was, but that's the way we always remember it. So I'm just going to go with it that way. So um, yep. that would mean, folks, that at this point in time, hmm. um, a young Keeve Schechter, my dad, who passed away ah. sadly in 2013, was sitting at the polo grounds where you would see baseball and football oh. contests in New York with his uh, his father, his uncle, and some other people. Hmm. And over the loudspeaker came a uh, voice that said, all military, please report immediately to your whatever. And oh, my that's uncle, scary. Who, Uncle, in the great Jewish tradition of being a doctor, <laughs> yeah. who actually who actually ended up, though, in Anzio and some of like the worst places where he could have been killed, where there's shelling right. around him. But he was. He was a surgeon for, for the, in the military. Um, they all He knew there was something wrong. And that's when they yeah. found out that, that Pearl, Pearl Harbor had been bombed hmm. and we were at war with hmm. Japan. And within 24 hours um, of our declaring war on Japan, Germany and Italy declared war on us, and we were at full-on war with the Axis right. powers. Now, what, is it, let me ask you really quick about that, just because I don't remember the history. Um, was there a pact between Japan and Germany that yes. Germany declared? That, I mean, I, I assume it had to be. Yes, so so they were okay. part of the Axis powers. Yes, but I never which, quite understood how that worked, though. Yeah. Well, Okay. So at that point in time, yeah, the way that worked theoretically, you know, not that people don't double cross each other and all that kind of stuff, but the way that worked, kind of like the Allied Pact, you know, which was France, uh, the United Kingdom, and what had brought them in is they had an ancient alliance, um, ancient alliance going back with Poland. Uh, So when Poland was invaded by Russia and Germany. Right. Um, that became a problem. In any case, um, so there was the Allies, and then there were yeah. the Axis powers. And in the Axis powers at that point, uh, Germany and um, and Japan had allied themselves in Italy against really the the wishes of the entire population, which would eventually come to haunt Mussolini when he got hung up by his by a lamppost. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Italy too. And no, what the, I, the, I guess, yeah, yes. No, so what, what it meant was yes, that when we yeah. declared war on on uh japan the expectation was germany and italy would then declare war on us which they did. Oh, okay oh so it did kind of work out well in terms of trying to get into the war in europe when when right. americans didn't want to and roosevelt wanted us to yeah but i guess no what i'm now, asking now, what, the reason yeah. why i said it that way to be clear oh. because there were expectations sometimes look or, or, or as early as like you know as early as the, the late 30s right they were expecting us to get in you know the allies where we had we didn't have we weren't part right. of a sort of that that really close to the alliance, but we the England, United right. Kingdom was probably our, our closest ally, just about, and we didn't. Spain under Francisco Franco was expected to join on the side of Germany and those guys because Franco right. was a buddy of Hitler's and Mussolini, and he, to his whatever credit in this case, was smart enough to be like, I'm not getting involved in that fucking right. war. And so, I mean, you know, it didn't always happen the way but, everybody expected. It. But let me ask you what I'm what I'm actually asking about Japan is, <clears throat> I mean, I know like they were all the Axis or whatever, but what I'm saying is. Did Japan and Germany get together and figure this whole thing out, or did they each declare war separately and say, hey, because obviously they weren't exactly in each other's sphere of influence, so having a non-aggression pact was kind of stupid, uh, meaning on its face, because they weren't 
they weren't anywhere near each other. So like, how did it actually, not to get too much into World War II history here, but how did it actually work out? Were they both going to war anyway? And they said, hey, do you know what I mean? Because like, what's the, so what's the point? Germany, they here's the deal. hit each right? other I, anyway. I, I mean, Germany, as far as I know, and there could be something I'm missing, I don't know, every fact, did not, yeah. I don't know that they knew that, that, that Japan was going to attack the United States. But why did they have a patch anyway is my point. That's my point. Because because that's war. You have you want to have allies, right? You they're on the opposite side of the world. world. I'm yeah, double advocating you, but I mean, they they're not going to war against like, each other. It's like when you look at Russia and Turkey and these places that share an ideolo- ideology. Now they shared an ideology, which was fascism. Okay. They believe oh, that okay. like a, right. an iron fit. Now, a lot of people, you know, there's also, as we know, alliances of convenience, right? Russia and, 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 and Germany, classic example. Hey, let's split up Poland. And then before you know it, uh, Hitler yeah. double crosses Stalin and they invade right. Russia and Russia changes sides, right? Our alliance um, with Russia, same deal. Well, yeah. well after that, we had an alliance yeah. with yeah. Russia. Yeah, no, I'm saying, but Russia... then it fell apart, obviously, after the war. Yeah. Right. What I'm saying is hmm. um, right. most people would surmise that if your theory is that Aryan, tall, blonde, Christian <clears throat> men are superior, you're yeah. probably not going to eventually get along Short with Japan. Asian guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. But but at that point in time, and, and Japan had a very similar mentality which was you know white people were inferior so were black right. people. everybody who was non-asian right. was inferior non-pure right. blood japanese asian right. well so eventually my guess is if they had been successful they would have fought it out but as a marriage of convenience at the time they knew that if it was a two-front war that was going to keep the united states and the allies well, that's my question occupied. but i guess well and my yeah. real question is whether because obviously, like I said, on its face, it's nice. But if I'm – I mean, and again, Cliff and I both have a background in foreign policy, so we're not just spewing this stuff like crazy people. But if if I'm thinking strategically – and Or are we? No, but I mean, <laughs> but you're thinking, you know, the late 1930s. I don't look halfway around the world in the late 30s where the world's less interconnected and say, hey, let's pick obscure country on the other side of the planet for a mutual defense pact in case some crazy neighbor like China or, you know – who Korea or something decides to go to war with them. So I've got to get involved. I don't do that. Now, if the idea was somehow Germany was thinking this is the way to keep the U.S. out is by doing this so that the U.S. not only doesn't want to fight us because we know there's the pacifism in the U.S., but not pacifism, but uh, the immigrants did not want to – immigrants from Europe did not want to get involved in European wars. Well, there were the a number idea, of things going on there, which I'll say. Do you know what I mean? Second, but let me let that, you finish. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to figure out was it – and again, I don't want to belabor this too much because this isn't meant to be a history lesson, but, but – there had to be some other ulterior motive for Germany. I'm wondering whether it was the if I've got a pact with these guys, the Americans are extra special, not going to get involved because they don't want one war in Europe. Their people are really not going to want a war in Asia, too, which is even so further I would away. agree with I would say say that that was a big part of it. Yeah, I think it was ideological agreement on some level. That's fine. But it was also yeah. practical which is Japan. Japan was already had already made their intentions clear. They'd right. already gone in and massacred people in, in China and Nanking. And, and right. you know, they, they, they already swept across much of Asia. So, right. you know, there was a, there was reasoning there to be like, Hey, well, they're, they're going to keep people occupied too. And I do really believe that it was the U S uh, because Hitler not only mm-hmm. kind of feared us, which he did, right. but he also hated us because if you, you know, if you, he, 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 there's a, there was sort of a combo but his thought eventually was he looked, mm. and I know this will shock you, mm. some of the when Mein Kampf and some of his ideology came directly from the U.S. South and, and how mm. we treated black, uh, black uh. Americans in the South. Right. Uh, the, two, the, the segregation regime and the rest, the Jim Crow regime we had set up. Right. So his, his hope was that the, that the American – America Firsters actually, as right. they were called, sound familiar, 
would would were, they, were, were, were these the America Firsters literally? Oh my God, that was what they called themselves. I mean, I, I remember we, we had that name in the past, but that was them. That's funny. It was them and not. It, I mean, there may be, it was Charles Lindbergh who was their <laughs> right. golden boy, and they were hoping right. would run against and beat FDR in 1940. Wow. And had he, this would be an entirely different world. We probably would have allied with Germany, put Jews in concentration camp. Who knows what we would do? I shouldn't yeah, yeah, say yeah. that. I don't right. know exactly what would have happened, but probably nothing good. Well, have I ever mentioned to you what a carnivorous beast my mom is? She loves steak and burgers, right? We grew up on them. I've never seen her so happy when I sent her Omaha steaks and burgers for Christmas one year. Holidays around the corner, finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com right now and enter Stephanie in the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees, like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code Stephanie, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com. You'll get eight free burgers when you enter the code Stephanie. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. That's omahasteaks.com. The keyword is Stephanie, omahasteaks.com. Um, but... I think the big thing was Hitler thought because of some of the there was so much sentiment pro German sentiment in the United States a lot of German Americans in the Midwest the the, the the segregation and racism of the South you know the the isolationism in general of not wanting to get involved in foreign wars you know and then pacifism which you brought up all that would combine and we you know right. we would stay out and he thought if it looked even worse like oh shit now you got to fight Japan Germany right. and Italy maybe we stay out even more right. the irony the biggest irony of all of that is is that that completely back fired because because japan fucking attacked us right now if right. they had been because japan so totally we didn't know is, yeah, yeah, yeah. we had been involved in in you, you, you probably know from history we had been very involved in you know wars in asia we took the philippines during the spanish-american war it wasn't like we hadn't been involved in that part of the world right. and they viewed us japan viewed us as the only thing that could stop them from taking right. over right. so they were scared of us and they thought they right. had to go through us if they had waited a couple more years, chances are there's a stalemate in Russia, sure, but the United Kingdom couldn't have continued alone and falls, yeah. and then maybe they could have all united against us. But instead, right. Right. they did that then, and Germany was compelled by their treaty to declare war against <clears throat> us. So Germany, the the, right. the opposite of them having they actually gotten a war with us, and well, you know, back in the days you know, when when uh, yeah. we fought Nazis instead of you know appeasing right. them. Uh, we went and uh, we kicked their asses. You know, it had to be a fascinating time to uh, – because I was – I went to our – I'm visiting mom in our town, which I'm not going to name because right. I'm waiting until mom passes and then we'll talk about where I'm from because I don't want people harassing my mother. But um, but I went to our local little historical museum the other day because I'd never been. And they never really taught us our town's history in school. I'm kind of surprised by that. You know what I mean? We, we learned history, but we never learned like the region's history. And I found out, for example, <clears throat> that – the Chicago suburbs overall belonged to the, I want to say, Potawatomi Indians. And, you know, Chicago or the settlers, whoever was in Chicago or whatever Chicago was at that time, reached a treaty that gave all of these lands to, you know, the settlers or whatever, which was kind of interesting right there because I, I obviously I know Illinois was a Native American state, but I had no idea that like, you know, where I'm from was literally Indian land, right? So that was interesting, or Native American. You know what's funny? We're used to the old terms. Like I said, Indian land. We're used to using those terms, Native American land. It's funny. It yep. sounds funny because I'm not used to it. Like we didn't grow up with that phrase. Um, so that was the first thing. The second thing was they were all Germans. 
and like I know we have a strong German influence here because like a lot of my friends are German, right? Uh, in terms of the ethnicity, but we've also have every other ethnicity. But I didn't know it was German, 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 German. <laughs> like yeah. it was German, especially the end of the eighteen hundreds. German, 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 German. Like amazingly so. The same you wonder, in, your, in the area you're in, it's very yeah. Different. Well, and you wonder, like, getting into World War One for starters, that was, you know, that was 15 years after this area was almost pure German. And 15 yep. years later, we're going to war with Germany. That's got to be interesting. And then to have an anti-German sentiment develop when there's so many German-Americans, it just, I, I know about, obviously, that, you know, the anti-German sentiment, but I didn't realize how German some of our areas were. I assumed we were a mix. I mean, a big mix. I didn't realize we were pretty German. No, you know? there are a lot of German Americans, and I, I can tell you, it's funny you brought up that mixture. Yeah, because I'm from Cincinnati. I'm not from originally, but I, I was going to say, you look at you. Yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, you know, people would call it Cincinnati. We have the second biggest. Um, uh, what do you call it? The, the thing they do in, in uh, Munich. Um, come on, the big German celebration. God, I'm oh, Oktoberfest. Thank you, God. Uh, we have the second biggest one in the world here in oh, Cincinnati funny. after okay, Munich. That's funny. Like this was a sister city to Munich, very German. Interestingly, when we got into World War II, a number of German streets here changed their names to more patriotic. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. But but yeah. but I guess what my point to you is is that like you know throughout the Midwest, I mean, go to Milwaukee. I lived in Philly for a bit. That's not the Midwest, but filled with Germans. Um, oh yeah, here so, too, Chicago. So, yeah. so it affected. Yeah. yeah, so it affected our. Yeah. A lot of the kind of, you know, but I didn't realize they were it. so predominant. That's that's the only that's the only point I'm making to put a finer point on it. I didn't realize that literally they were the power. They were the majority. Of the not even the majority. They were the overwhelming population here at the turn of the century. So that gets a little more interesting. And then again, but my not, family, not, right? I wouldn't say it's still it's still the lead group are, are English and and Dutch. Not, okay, but not in my town. They were Germans. Oh, That's what your I'm saying. town. I thought you meant the United States. No, no, no. I'm saying around here. So the, the, the point is you had pockets that were just German, 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 and that had to yes. have an imp impact on policy and everything else. I just didn't, like I said, the fact that we were, we were German. We were not German and Polish right. and English and, or not forget Polish back then. It would have been, an, it would have been English, you know, probably English and German back then. I try to think of what other nationalities came in the 1800s, well, really. Irish. So here's the thing. A number of huge yeah, waves. Yes, but but here's the thing. So obviously English original settlers were the biggest group. A lot of yep. Scots-Irish came here that, that more often war-torn and weren't quite as well off and settled, often right. a little further west, Appalachia, part, not all the time. Obviously the Irish settled very prominently in Boston. So right. I don't want to like, you know, generalize too much, but, but the key here is the Germans... Um, came in, in, in much bigger waves around the mid 19th century when all the wars between right. the kind of German, like what's the right word, the different states, for lack of a better term, right. provinces were going on. So right. you get a lot of German, and, and I know because part of my family now mostly was German Christians, but the the middle class part of my family, the part of the one quarter of my family that didn't come here dirt poor, right. um, were from Berlin. They had businesses there. They did okay. And because of all the, the, you know, usually when there was a lot of where there wars going on, guess who people right. like to pick on? Right. Jews. So right. even though that they, they, they were doing okay financially, they came here around the mid, around the 1850s or 60s. Oh, wow. But that's when there was an enormous influx of German Christians to this country, the 1840s right. through 60s. Right. So my point is that huge influx tended to come here before 
like around the turn of the century, you got a ton of Irish, ton of right, Italians. Right. Some Irish were already here, obviously. I was saying Irish but, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. but a ton of Italians, ton of Jews, ton right. of Southern Europeans. Greeks right. came, right. and and but but overall, the Germans be, uh, were already here, and right. because a lot of them were Protestant, some were German, but right. because many were Protestant. They they had a natural way they fit in better because we were a Protestant country and so they, there was discrimination right, right. against right. Jews and Catholics whereas right. there wasn't in, against Protestants so they probably you could argue especially that around by the turn of the century were the second most powerful group here after the English right, um, right. settlers no. so in any case yep. <clears throat> I guess I'll continue fifteen to twenty yeah. minute history I, I I'm a yeah. history dork so well, I actually, can't this forever but that's okay Let, I'll tell you one last little point that isn't quite the, what's the history but it's more general and then we'll move on. Um, there was a, uh, a high school set up in the area. Like I learned all my little history. And there weren't really high schools in the mid 1800s. So late 1800s, even late 1800s, I think they were only starting to begin the concept because, right, these were farmers. They didn't have high schools. Um, and the high school, of course, was German, right? And, yep. you know, L Lutheran or whatever the hell it was. I don't even know. Whatever the religion. There were a lot of German Lutherans. Yes. Um, were, those are the Protestant ones. And then German yeah. Catholics. No, they were, they were definitely Protestant. No, they weren't Catholic. They were definitely Protestant. So Probably the, Lutheran, but there are a few other groups in Germany, too. Right. Yeah. So the university, uh, the university, the the high school is set up, and it's a specialized high school for the classics. And these kids are coming out of here speaking all the classical languages. <clears throat> and get this: in 1900, they had to shift the focus, and I think they became a college. I don't know what it was. They had to shift the focus because the kids coming out of the high school were so specialized. I mean, mind you, these are learning classical languages, so these are highfalutin graduates, right? Especially the 1900s, you're speaking Greek and Latin and everything. They were they they knew the classics, but because they didn't know math and science as well, they weren't getting jobs in 1900. So they had to switch the focus to much more science and math. And if, I mean, and Cliff, you know this, but to tell everybody else out there, Europe up until recently certainly has prided itself on the knowledge of the classics. I mean, the intellectuals in Europe mm -hmm. are the are the classicists. You know, they're the ones who know the philosophy and the languages and the Greeks and the Romans. And it was considered, you know, the ultimate, I mean, I don't know about today. I'd be curious if it's changed. But up until recently, you know, that was what made you the upper crust of society and set you up for government and everything else was learning all of that education. The idea that America 120 years ago had already said, uh-uh, that education is useless. We need math <laughs> and science. But I mean, that's fascinating when you think it was 120 years ago and then what the divergence was from America to Europe. And frankly, part of the reason we don't know languages. Part of it is because part of the reason we don't know we don't languages. Speak. Part of the reason yeah. we don't speak our own language very well. Uh, part it's of the reason that we don't know yeah. shit about any other part of the world. Yeah. And, I mean, go somewhere. Yeah. I still make jokes about the one time when I was in Interlock in Switzerland, singing a hostel when I lived in England. I was traveling around, and the Canadians were there, you know, and wanted to make fun of the Americans who were there, right. and started asking. And these were college graduates, mind right. you, kids who were there. We were all kids. But did you time. ask them to do a math problem? Oh, dude, it was much worse than that. They asked—I didn't ask anybody anything. The Canadians right. asked all the Americans there how many states there were, oh, no. and I'm not shitting you. Like at least fifty percent got it wrong. No, there are people who are like forty-eight, and there are other people who are like fifty-two when you include no. Hawaii and and Alaska. Oh, I'm telling right. you, they—they they just. I, I mean, the the level of just basic understanding and yeah, education about bad. the world. That's bad. I mean, you, you could tell when you traveled and you met Australians and you met. The English, you met other folks like you could just right. the difference was enormous. Right. And, I mean, you, you, it's only gotten worse. But you, you know, knew that. If, if I can say the one thing that used to always confuse me with states were the number of states and the number of cards in a deck. Hated it. Hmm. 
hated Wait, 52 I, versus 50 50 right three things actually the number of letters in the greek alphabet versus the american 24 versus 26 and again i kept going oh my god which is which this is the problem being brought up you know by culture or whatever speak greek? yeah yeah it's gotten rusty now but yeah i was, I was okay. fluent yeah okay. um so that that was one problem right there 24 versus 26 and the other one oh the other one is <laughs> which uh, greeks and catholics do the sign of the cross you know when we do the cross on ourselves kind of thing you know yeah. when people are praying we do the sign of the cross opposite so we you know up and down and then left right or right left you're greek orthodox not catholic we're greek, we're greek orthodox i couldn't even tell you which is the right way one way one goes up down left right one goes up down right left because we you know we decided to branch out from the catholics and be different the hell if I can remember which is which. So like those are my three things in life. But the card thing, I don't know if states screwed me up, but cards would always screw me up. And then because cards screwed me up, I started, I would always double guess myself and go, wait a minute. So is it 52 cards in 50 states? Because then I'd start doubting the states. But anyway, it was very fun. Right. I'm educated, but those things, okay, to I day, I've got to sit quickly, and think. And then we need to move on. I know half an hour of this. Yeah, go on. tuning in for politics. But the one thing I never fully learned about, never fully understood. So- hmm. Greek Orthodox, is it a subdivision of the Eastern Orthodox Church? Is there like Ukrainian yes. Orthodox, Russian yes. Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, and they're all yes. parts of the yes. that's what I thought. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought. All right. But on this, that makes but sense. we all broke off from the Catholics like ten sixty six or sometime around then. Um huh. and, guys and, even uh, predated uh, like Martin Luther. Good work. Yeah, no, it was a good a good thousand years ago. See that, and, there's and, a classic you know, thing. Yeah. I went to a, what mm-hmm. was a liberal minded Episcopalian school in New York oh. when I was young, and that just lets you know about these little biases in education that you mm-hmm. still don't, you know, that that we get, which is we learned, of course, about Martin Luther, the good German, you know, right. who broke away, the good like oh, white, interesting white guy. Yeah, but we didn't learn about your the Orthodox, guys, yeah, the Eastern Orthodox. Right? That's funny. I didn't even and think of so, that. Yeah. So, I mean, they emphasize, I mean, I'm sure they mentioned yeah. at some point, I remember them mentioning Islam and whatever, but they emphasized yeah. the stuff they felt more yeah. comfortable yeah. with. That's and we're not anti Catholic. What the interesting thing is, we're not anti Catholic, like the crazy Baptists and all of that who think Catholics are, you know, worse. They literally call like the Virgin the crazy Mary a whore. Baptists. Let's, let's, let's not do they that. They call the Virgin Mary a whore. Okay. And that was literally. Obnoxious. But there are some Baptists who I'm sure are nice people. Yeah, but. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, but uh, no, but we we have like none of that animus or anything else towards Catholics. We can even go to their services, which sounds kind of funny, but I mean, it's one of those things, you know, but what we're you're allowed saying is your to to churches the... are still hierarchical in much the same way the Catholic church is. Very much so. You right? know, whereas, but, but yes, we're not, the Baptists we're not and others broke away and became, you know, yeah. people saying like right now, I want my freedoms. That's kind of what they were doing. Yeah, except that, but we're not, uh, we're not judgmental, moralistic in a sense like the Catholics are. I mean, our, you know, church is still a bit moralistic, but the Catholics are almost evangelical in their morality and Greek Orthodox are not, are not at all. I couldn't say the other words, but we're not. You never expected and now we're going to get to politics. So now I'm not even going to give the list because I'm a little afraid since we're, since we're a half hour into the show, we're not going to get through it. But let's start first with the news that Devin Nunes, who was our favorite uh, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Back when Republicans controlled the House, favorite cow uh, hater, cow hater who did everything he could to stymie the Russia probe. I mean, really corrupt guy, really corrupt guy. Um, Nunes announces, and, and I, Cliff, I'd like us to talk about just kind of what this means from our knowledge. I mean, make fun about it too, but what it means about our knowledge of Congress too. Nunes announces out of the blue that in three weeks he's leaving Congress. That was yeah. interesting to me too. That it was, and it wasn't announced months before. Out of the blue, he's leaving Congress. And he is going to take over the new Trump, you know, he's going to be CEO of the new Trump social media company, Truth Social, which you've got to love that, too, because you're like, you know, what a what a 
Orwellian name. Yeah, exactly. Up and down and left is right. Yeah. Um, right. But I just, I thought that was very, now, now part of the reason you can, you, you can jump in and tell people about this. Part of the reason is gerrymandering in California, but so explain that, but don't you still think it's a little weird that like out of the blue, he announces this with three weeks to go. Oh, I'm no, I mean, three weeks. Bye. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Oh, I forgot. I forgot the biggest part. He was going to. Everyone thinks the Republicans are winning the Congress next year, as things currently stand. He would yep. be the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, which is like the finance committee, all the money and everything. It is considered like the most powerful job. It is the most powerful job in the House outside of the the Speaker. It is huge. It's the job everybody works a lifetime for, and this guy's leaving to run a Trump company. Correct. Um, so without having any actual knowledge, I'll give you my sort of, yep. um, my thoughts are, first of all, redistricting wouldn't be as bad to him as you think. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Because, because again, leaving <clears throat> the Democrats to, to always give up every potential, uh, advantage that we possibly could have right. never, never underestimated our, our power to unilaterally disarm. We supported in past in California. Right. One of these fair elections things, so they try to redistrict as fairly as possible. Right. And it pisses me off to no end because in the end, we give up what would be a lot of leverage. Because if we could look at them and say, fine, you're going to do this in Texas and Florida or whatever, we're taking six seats from you in California or more. Right. But we won't. <clears throat> we can't. So I don't know. I think they lost one seat this time in the redistricting. So maybe who they? Who's gonna, Republicans? California. Or- no, no. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I see, what you mean. I see what you mean. California itself lost a seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so maybe he was going to be in a worse district. I don't know. I, well, I had, read the, I, I had read he was worried they were going to put him in a more challenging uh, position for re-election. So that's possible, but... Um, still, ways and means. I still think Occam's razor tells me that right. he did illegal things, that oh, the January 6th committee and the Justice Department Nothing are looking at it. Something bad may be coming. Right, right. And... He wants the full power of Trump behind him. Yeah, yeah. I don't and know. There's a point in Trump will pardon him. And yeah. What's the best way you kiss Trump's ass? You do whatever Trump wants you to do. The problem Maybe is Trump, he's kissing. For whatever reason, asked him to go do this. But he's kissing Trump's ass too early. I would agree. I would also add in. Right? Meaning, meaning in three also, years when Trump is, Trump is president in three years, three years is a lifetime in terms of flying too close to the sun. Trump will sure hate is. him by that point. I would also add something else, which hmm. is. Uh, it may be the fact that um, that Nunez is, is the opposite of mm. of Trump of Trump like bringing him in and of him needing Trump's protection. It may be that Trump is bribing him because he knows. And if he were to go before, what do you mean he knows all the shit they did around Russia? Oh, around oh, Nunez does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How do you bribe somebody? Give him a job with you know where he makes more money than he probably ever would. Yeah. I don't oh, know I see what you mean. I haven't seen. But they may be paying him some buttload of money. Yeah. How'd you like a million a year to, uh, exactly. uh, uh, oh, be my Exist. CEO? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's my suspicion. Also, yeah. it's it's one of those things. You don't just suddenly announce. You don't yeah. just suddenly leave in three weeks. Yeah. It's not the way this stuff hey, happens. Ivanka, how'd you like to be a uh, consultant? Yeah, that's what we'll right. call it. Yeah. Right. So you're right. Someone who has a history of perhaps these things. Right. It's very weird. It's very weird. It is. You know, because as you said, you know, it's it's awful and fucking scary. But right now, if nothing changes, the Republicans are going to take back the House. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we need to change that and we've got time to change that. Yeah. But where the numbers are right now and the rest. So he's in a district that leans, you know, I wouldn't call it. It's certainly not a flat out swing Hmm. district. It's got a strong Republican lean, but it is winnable for us. Right. You know, and so by leaving and creating that opening, he's imperiling a seat. So why would he do that? Let me well, switch because there's more compelling yeah. things that he needs to do. Right. Let me switch gears more generally to um to the election because I'm I'm curious what you think about this. One of the it's funny I I like this guy. I'm forgetting his name. Politico. Um, he's on. Uh, he was on the Sunday shows this week, and he actually was very good. It's funny people. I th- I know people will make fun of him for what he said, except that he had explained it earlier, so it made sense. It sounded like one of those New York Times pitch bots. I'll give you the punchline first. He said that. It does, whether Biden gets Build Back Better, you know, the, the multi-trillion dollar infrastructure bill, whether it gets passed or not, this is the second bill, right? The first one they got passed. The second one, they're still working on mansion, stopping it, et cetera. Whether he gets it passed or not, if he gets it passed, he's in trouble because people will say it's too expensive and he's not focusing on COVID and the economy, you know, or an inflation. And if he doesn't get it passed, he's in trouble because then it'll look like Democrats are weak. And I remember hearing it at first and going, oh, fuck you. You know, like once again, he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. But the lead in was that all the reporters on the panel, and they were good reporters, felt they, and Amy, uh, what's her face from Cook's Political, felt, Amy Walter felt the same way. They all feel that what is going on with the public is everything right now is inflation concerns, but also COVID, which is interesting. And that those are the two big things. And this is part of the reason, in addition to, of course, you and I would say messaging, why Biden may not get a bounce from passing the trillion dollar and infrastructure bill. And, oh, sorry, and that, that, oh, yeah. You may have seen that Dana Milbank piece where he yes. called out his yes. own people, yes. which we should talk about, but go ahead. Yes. yes. You know, in media coverage too, but, but their overall, and this is what I wanted to talk about. Their overall point was all of the reporters felt that the biggest issue, the only issue voters care about right now is the economy and COVID, uh, excuse me, not the economy, let's say inflation and COVID. And therefore, it doesn't really matter what Biden did earlier, because we've talked about how nobody remembers, you know, all the all the shit we did earlier this year. We also nobody, don't bother to tell them, which is we don't bother to tell them. Exactly. But that that it won't matter that he passed the infrastructure bill and going into next year, the same problem. And this was the point that what's his face from Politico made who I like. And he said that, yeah, so if he passes the bill, they're going to say he's ignoring those issues. And if he doesn't pass the bill, then it's going to blow up like it did last time where they're going to say, oh, look how ineffective the Democrats are. How can they do, how can they address COVID and the inflation if they can't even get their own people together to pass legislation? So it's- I, I got to say, though, that's a, I mean, maybe, maybe, but just that's the kind of analysis that often just pisses me off. Oh, I trust sort me. Of like, I got pissed when I heard it at they, first. They, they act like they're, they're <laughs> they act like they're, you know, they're watching it as opposed to participating. Like, well, if he does that, the headlines will say this and that. Like, you write the headlines. Right. You're one of the people that decides what the headlines are. You so convinced everybody that, that inflation was a problem much more than it is. Right. Exactly. I'm not saying there isn't. I mean, that's what's so frustrating about this is that I'm not saying there isn't inflation out there. There is some. Realistically, there's some inflation. You know what? Most of the time when the economy grows really quickly, there's some fucking inflation. That's the way it works. Um, so, they, so, so, but the difference here is the right wing media and, and the way they can push a message out. And our lack of infrastructure and our lack of messaging and all the usual culprits and mainstream media people trying to to balance both sides and whatever, whatever, because there's most of the story should be, you know, there's a fewest jobless claims uh, recently, what, a month ago, whatever, since they fucking started doing it. 
right. they started keeping track in like 1948. There's all sorts of positives right. to the economy. Right. And yet there's a negative that comes along with that because you can't just get positives. That's not the way the world, the universe works. Right. And yeah, they got to try to do what they can to fight inflation. But remember, all these stories are flying around and we even mocked some reporter. It was like, people are routinely seeing $5 gas. And was like, oh, what yeah. What are you yeah. talking about? $90 bottle of... That was my and then they were like, oh, okay, well, and it turned out to be like, yeah. was it Reuters, AP? It was huh. one of these big guys. It was like the person based in San Francisco. And I was like, well, yeah. 90, You're in regular, fucking San Francisco. If you literally, choose to live in San yeah. Francisco, everything yeah. will be more expensive than anywhere else in the entire country. That is your choice. There's a lot of other places to live. I could have gone back with my family and lived in New York where everything would be three times as expensive. I looked at that and I made an actual decision that based upon two things, my wife's family being, being all over the place here with our kids being here and the cost of living, I chose to live here. Right. Anybody they can make literally, these Cliff, they, they literally yeah. said in that one piece, I think we talked about it, but they literally said, regular Americans are paying $90 for a bottle of wine. Yes. And, and we all went, no, they're not. I said, Are you fucking kidding me? We, I live in, I mean, I live in one of the nicer neighborhoods in Cincinnati. I'll just say, and we go to a coffee shop and we find twelve dollar to eighteen dollar bottles of wine yeah. that are fantastic. So I don't know what the fuck they're talking. I mean, that whole thing was ridiculous. And then some people in San Francisco are like, well, I've seen five dollar gas, and I was like, I haven't seen three dollar gas. The average I would is three forty nationwide. Yeah. What? The average is three dollars and forty cents nationwide. I was gonna say, I would think yep. where I live is much closer to yeah. the regular people than where you're fucking reporting yeah. from. Maybe yeah. mention that, right? You know, and, and like so, so I mean, that's the thing. But that's what the right does. They push it. They yep. push it. They push it. And because yep. reporters are susceptible to many of the same biases as anybody else, well, when you see this everywhere, you start forgetting maybe that you oh. saw it in the Daily oh, Caller, Biden, Daily Biden. Wire, Daily Douchebag, or whatever those right wing publications Cliff, are. They should have news. Yeah. They should have sent Biden out there to pump his own gas at a station that has 289 on the price. Well, that I, I mean, I mean, I know it would be kitschy and you got to be careful with it. But the <laughs> thing is, the thing is, what would Republican Jesus do? Republican Jesus would get out there and go, look at the price. 289. Yeah. It's high. It ain't five dollars. Fox News and the media are lying to you. They're trying to scare you. We got a problem. We need to address it. But it's not 10 times as bad as, as they're making it out to be. And, Bob, and so that's actually, why that's why you mentioned the wine thing. Imagine he well, should imagine Biden. I'm sorry, but imagine Biden at a press conference pulling up a bottle of wine and go, let's have a chat about what you guys did this week. He should have, he should have offered like, you know, put it poured a couple glasses, offered some to reporters. And, and you get one that's six do- and you get a six dollar yeah. American wine from California. That's really good. Yeah, like, this is and you go. Good. Just since you guys apparently are unaware of this, because you all think that regular – that first of all, that the only wine you can buy is $90 and the regular Americans are actually buying $90 wine, we got this at Costco. Great American right. company, $6 a bottle. It's good. We're passing out for everybody afterwards. Merry Christmas. But I mean yeah. – but no, but you, you start doing some – first of all, that's the kind of thing I could I could see Obama. I mentioned an Obama voice. Hey, you all. Oh, of course. He'd do it and he, and, or Bill Clinton. Or Bill Clinton. they pull it off better because you know they're them. But – but Biden still could pull that off, and Biden still has yeah. that every man kind of you know whatever that he could he could do that. Actually, with. Biden being I, a regular guy could say, "I've never spent ninety. I mentioned him going, right. "I'm just a blue collar well, guy." Coming out of we don't spend ninety dollars on Joe. Wine. The, but here's the important thing, okay? Right, like, Americans don't overall, even drink. Go on. Oh, oh yeah, I want to get back to the to overall yeah, yeah. theme, which is that's the kind of the the kind of bullshit that's out there. That's the kind of like self fulfilling prophecy garbage you get from Politico. So I can't fucking stand them. And, you know, right. and, and that's the kind of stuff that thankfully Dana Milbank Bank wrote a piece and pushed back on and said, we are we are we are fucking destroying democracy. 
by doing this kind of analysis, by writing these kinds of stupid pieces, by not being partisans for democracy. He basically said the same thing I've been saying on this show. You know, if you if you go and read uh, a variety of people that that talk about the media, um, what's his name? He used to be at the Washington Post. I can't think of his name. Huh. Um, he, he talks about it all the time. I mean, like you know, this is the Jay Rosen who's at NYU. I mean, this is a joke. Right. You know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't resemble reality. It's one of the downsides of the fact that the economy is doing so well. And again, yeah. it's, yeah. It, you know, part of it is on Democrats because we should yeah. have forceful messaging. We should have our couple talking points and we should be out there. And just like every other time I've said this, I have no fucking idea why we're not. But at the same time, it's also on the media for seeing they're allowing the right to dictate the terms of their coverage. Well, also, can I say, you just made a point there that I've been wondering, the problem is I think you'd have to talk to an economist and really make sure it's right. But I've been wondering if just that part of the reason we're having a lot of inflation is because the economy took off. Well, of course, that is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like you literally explain to people and go, this was predicted. This was something that we were worried about all along. But it's a sign that the it's like having a fever. It's a sign your body's fighting back. The fact that we have inflation is because the economy is doing too well. Right. That that's why be, that, that would be the perfect response. I mean, right? that's why they always refer to the Carter years when they had stagflation as such a weird thing, right? Because we actually were in a recession and had inflation. I forget. Is That's stagflation uh, uh, GDP dropping or, or, or employment yeah, we were, rising? Yeah, GDP dropping because we were in a recession, right. which okay, my right. definition right. is that. And like, right. So that is not usual. And I yeah. can't, I'm not enough an economist to tell you all the reasons that was happening. But the point is, is the usual is you have a great economy, you have right. inflation. That's the way it works. And as usual, we, we right. let them pick the one bad thing right. that comes out of something good and use that to the oh. point of everything, and then stupid reporters go along with it. And, Cliff, you know what, and, and again, and you trust the American people, but the problem is he has to get up there and be smart about it. Again, a Bill Clinton type could explain it well, because you'd go, he's smart, right? You got to get up there and explain it smartly, but you say, A, okay, you have to think of make this really simple, right? The reason we got inflation is because the economy is doing so well. The Republicans would tell you the economy is doing too well. I don't believe that. I don't think the economy can ever be too well. But that's the first problem. The second problem is the second problem is, you know how you fight inflation? You kill the economy. That's how you fight inflation. You raise interest rates. That kills the economy. That's how you fight inflation. So Republicans want to kill the economy. The problem is, right, right. Republicans are upset that the economy is doing well and they want to kill it. They want us to. I would have said said, here what I would like to ask Republicans is, why do you hate it that the economy is doing well? Why do you want Americans to lose jobs? Why do you want us to raise interest rates? And hurt the American and hurt Why do you every want to American make it impossible for, for small businesses to borrow. Yeah. You know? Why do you want to make it impossible for, for seniors but that's what you do. fixed income? That's what you do. You're right. You make the discussion about that and you say, look, I'm not saying it's not a problem. We don't want inflation. We don't want inflation. But the solution is to kill the economy, and I will not accept that as president. We have fought too long and too hard for the growth that we finally had this year and the, and the right. employment numbers. Now, but I, I mean, come on. Say, look, you know? there are measures to try and br- to, to, to on, uh, slow inflation while yeah. we still have a great uh, economy. And I will take those. But no, I will not do what Republicans want to do and destroy the economy. I'm not going to burn the village down to say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's anyway. It's not fucking hard. Now, I will say this. I've I know from working on the Hill, at least the. Staff would often reflect the, the member of Congress, meaning nice members of Congress had nice staff. Mean members of Congress had mean staff. It was wow, very, so you must have been a pretty serious dick, John. 
I, I am a dick and Stevens was a dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That was where um, I was going with that, of course. You know, but no, I Stevens know, but it's was, true. But Stevens it's true. was infamous for the fact that he was not a nice person. <laughs> Correct. And he was not a nice person. No, he was mean to me and others. Very, very mean. But um, but the uh, uh, but the staff reflects, which interestingly yeah. enough, Bob's Dole, Bob Dole's staff, total fucking assholes, which is very interesting, well, too. Dole was a dick. I mean, they, Dole was, was a dick. Early... I love they said he was the old Washington. He was a total prick. He was. He was. He, a, he was a complete yeah. asshole. Like you know, stop lying about my record. Um, yeah, and that. B, yeah. like you know, this is what I can't stand is that they, they can't do nuance. He was a war hero. He did. He had some very positive effects on certain things, like for example, getting getting the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act right. passed. He was able to reach you know? across the aisle at times. So those yeah. were the positives. The negatives were he was always a prickly asshole who picked fights with people where he didn't need to. And on top of all of that, in his later years, decided to become a Trumper. And even after that first four years of Donald Trump, threw in with Donald Trump in 2020. That is part of his legacy. And you, you don't get to whitewash that because he died. Well, it's a, and I actually tweeted about that because it's a huge part of his legacy. I'm fine with when people Tell the die. positives and the negatives. Well, yes and no, though. I'm fine with, with focusing more on the positives when somebody dies because what's the fucking point? In general, unless you're whitewashing history to the degree where in this case – you don't have to, you know, you don't have to mention Dole was a prick and all of that, right? I mean, that's fine. I, but no, no, you don't have to mention that. If, but there are people. Wait, 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 yeah, wait. But ahead. but if you're going to say that, you know, he represents old Washington and the way things used to be, where we could all work together, and we, what they're saying is, it's too bad we don't have people like that now. People like that now are all the Republicans in the House and Senate who are the good guys that we claim and gals who still support Donald Trump. That's who people like that now are. We don't need more Bob Doles who are Republicans who are, it's Jeff Flake. It's good people who still support the fucking asshole. And, and we'll end our democracy. What we've seen is, I can give the perfect examples. What we've seen, there's only a few of them left because they're getting old and dying off. But he's Chuck Grassley. You know, that's exactly who he is. Chuck Grassley, a guy who was yeah, there yeah, and yeah. was a much more sort of bipartisan guy when that was the ethos of the Senate, but has adapted quite nicely to being a Trumper and an asshole right. who shares conspiracies all the time now and 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 blocks good legislation. Whenever I mean, right away after Michigan, uh, the shooting, he's he's on the head of judiciary or you know head senator on the other side, right. made clear, nope, we're not supporting this right away. Still out right away before right. The, before these four kids who were murdered. Before we got to a point to bury them, he was out there speaking and making sure that we weren't going to do a fucking thing about it. Right. So, you know, and, and I'll give another one who was like that, who back in the day was known for making deals with Teddy Kennedy and Mr. Ma, you know, Orrin Hatch. That last that last right. uh, uh, six years or whatever that, that he was serving in there, he became right. as big a dick as any of the other ones. His inner right. dick was let out by the fact that his party became so right wing that maybe he was always hiding that side. And he felt a need to moderate it when the Senate was a more was a place where that you had to do that. Maybe that's what Chuck Grassley was doing. Right. But these old sort of, you know, bulls of the Senate, supposedly, that were going to save us have not. So Bob Dole, like Chuck Grassley and like Orrin Hatch, would not. Let's right. be honest. Right. No, and, it's in any case. It's, 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 it's as I said. So I don't, just get, I'll say yeah. one more thing. I don't think you yeah. have to be like, oh, he was a dick. I do think that his, you know, his, the legacy of the fact that he supported Trump. When he, even when he dies, point. You know, I, I also don't support with some people on the left who are just like, ah, oh, he's a fucking awful. I'm glad he's dead. I don't do that right. either. No, I'm, I would never do that. No, but, but he's I not. Think, he's not. He's not. But uh, I, I, uh, my yeah. point is, you can yeah. find the nuance and point out he did some good stuff. He did some really bad stuff, and whatever you think the the final equation equals, which to me 
as I pointed out, I think what he did towards the end of his life undid most well, but, all of any of the good he did. That's but okay, but that's the point. It actually it, it's more than that, Cliff. I would go. I would say it is not simply balancing things out, and it's not even saying he undid this guy. It is clear that the you know the leitmotif here in talking about him, what is undergirding the entire discussion about his death, is a lamentation of the fact that or lamentation. However, the hell you say the word lamentation? Lamentation that, is right. That this guy we don't have more people like this in Washington anymore. It's so partisan. It's so divided, all this kind of crap and not recognizing that if more by, if more doles were there, Trump would have been reelected and Trump will be back in three years if but there if Correct. there were more Bob Dole's in Washington. So it isn't just he wasn't perfect. You've got to talk about the good and the bad. He ruined his legacy. It's it's you are talking about this guy, especially because you think we need more people like him to fight against the Trumpist wave. He is the Trumpist I mean, wave. Right. I mean, look at two senators. <laughs> the who appeasers. Are, uh, example, yeah. two senators who are retiring right now. Uh, in in at least semi swing states, one being my own, Rob Portman, and one being Missouri, Roy Blunt. They are not old bulls of the Senate because they both were right. in the House for a while, and Portman served in the Bush administration. But they are old bulls of the Republican Party. Those guys have been kicking around in high high profile Republican positions since at least the nineties. Okay, right. so you have to consider at this point they've been in a generation. Those two, along with the Orrin Hatches and Chuck Grassley, right. what did they do when the time came to speak up for democracy, or whatever? They didn't even think about it. They let Trump off twice. They didn't even bother, you know, on the impeachment, made it clear they were going to do that from the beginning, especially that second time after the insurrection. I mean, again, right. how is Bob Dole going to be different from any of them? Yep. He's not. Yep. No, I know. All right. Any case, um, I'm looking at that was only our first topic and we're 55 minutes into the podcast or 53. Um, oh, Mark Meadows. So Trump is pissed at Mark. Mark Meadows was Trump's former chief of staff, the last one, the loyal one. Um Trump has pissed at him over his new one. book. Uh, how many were the there? Fourteen. There were a lot, um, and and most of them hate him now. Um, but it's Kamala Harris who has all the staff turnover, right? It's not. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. It, yeah, good point. Um, so Meadows wrote a book recently, and that's the book that revealed that Trump actually tested positive before the debate with Biden that caused all the scandal, and how everyone now is convinced that Trump was positive throughout the debate and knew it and didn't care and possibly wanted to infect Biden, right? Well, other, so, I mean, Trump, others have spoken, there have been articles written hmm. and others, I think it's off the record, but others have spoken. Oh. And that one person who did it, the communications director you saw do that on CNN hmm. or whatever, like a number of other people have spoken out since Meadows wrote that. It seems like it's pretty clear that's what happened because you've got, they've got multiple yeah. sources on yeah. that. Yeah. So Trump is reportedly pissed at Meadows about the book, big surprise, and thinks he betrayed him, which of course he did. Um, and Meadows just announces right after that story comes out that he will no longer cooperate with the insurrection, the January 6th insurrection commission, even though, and Maggie Haberman pointed this out and she's right, even though his cooperation was de minimis, meaning, I know, but meaning that Meadows was cooperating to the smallest degree he could, providing some documents. He would go testify, but he would have invoked executive privilege so that they couldn't um, charge him with obstruction of Congress. Th- that was the point. So they couldn't. Uh, indict him or whatever. I'm forgetting what it is now. So they couldn't charge him for that um, yeah. uh, because, because he would be able to, and within the law, he probably would win by saying, no, no, I went, I testified, I provided documents. I think it's contempt, I just, right? Of Congress contempt. I'm sorry. Correct. I'm sorry. Contempt. Yeah. 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 And then get indicted over it because it, it's very hard to prove contempt when the person actually shows up. They do provide some documents, but they're haggling over the details. Well, now he called off all his cooperation 100% because Donnie got mad and he's trying to win him back to his graces again. Yeah. 
Boo-hoo. I mean, they're just again like every time these yeah. people try to act like they're sort of like they're these fonts of strength. You know what I mean? With their overt displays of of assault rifles, like that douchebag right. in Kentucky and his inbred-looking mm-hmm. family. Sorry, shouldn't have said that, but I can't help it. Um, and you know, and whatever. It just reminds you how weak they are, right? They're scared right. of everything. They're scared of this little cult guy. They got to do what he wants. They're scared of. Anybody that looks different than them, they got to hide under the bed with the guns. I mean, fucking pathetic, honestly. I right. can't imagine cowering like these people do, in, you know, due to everything. So, yeah, right. Meadows is now not cooperating anymore. Yep. Um, well, it'd be interesting yep. to see what happens there because, you know, Trump is 100% transactional with this stuff and always holds yeah. a grudge. So, if he, unless yeah. he thinks Meadows can provide him with something positive, yeah. and I don't know what that would be, yeah. um, Meadows is fucked. In, in no, it's world. it's also I don't know what Meadows was thinking. The second I read that, I went, oh, my God, he's insane to be a writing a book to, unless it's a book that's just about Donald Trump gives the best blowjobs out there ever. You know, I mean, unless that's well, of course, that would make him that would make him kind of gay. But but you get my point. I you know, know. the Donald Trump is the best guy ever. I don't know. Mentioning that thing about testing positive. He's insane. He's insane. to yeah. put that in the book. It kind Obviously. of feels like to me, like, like somehow this guy thought. He could thread the needle and have his cake yeah. and eat it too. Like yeah, I get to you? I get a best selling book yeah. by putting a couple of factoids out Bingo. there that blow the media's mind, but I still get to hang out in Trump universe, which is not well, his the editors- way it works. We always hear from people that what happens with these kind of books is the editor always comes back and says, We're not gonna do the deal unless you put in a few salacious points that people don't know. And that's the one salacious that's point. Correct. The problem is when you're doing a Donald Trump book as a Trumper, you can't put in salacious points unless it's about the other guy, it's not about your own guy. I, think, I mean, I'm, I'm just unless blown it's away. Unless it's yeah. something that the, the kind of thing that most of us would be ashamed of, but Trump would be proud of, right? That's the only yeah. way. Like with Trump, he was the yeah. one calling, you know, the, the New York Post telling him to write those back in the day saying, have those articles from his mistress, what's her name, saying that Donald Trump's the best sex I've ever had, which just is gross to oh, say. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, Marla yeah. Maples. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, he was the source on that. And normal people, right. if they had a wife, wouldn't do that. But right. then there's normal people and there's this guy. Right. So the only thing salacious would be if he felt like it was in his interest right. for something salacious to right. be out there, but not not no not idea. that thing, which. Yeah. Yeah. Which now means Meadows. Well, Meadows could get uh, could get contempt against him. We'll see. I mean, I mean, he's got an argument for executive privilege, but still, it's interesting. Um, yeah, that that at least there, there's a tougher yeah. legal argument that can be yeah. made still. Again, if we're going to grant yeah. people executive privilege when it comes to crimes. You know, then we should probably just accept that you can't commit crimes. Well, no, the problem becomes here is that he was the president's chief of staff, so he's got a stronger argument about executive privilege no, because he was literally working for the president as chief of staff at the White House. He wasn't an outside guy like Steve Bannon checking in on no, non. I got you. you know, I got yeah, you. yeah. But if there's compelling evidence that that he that they were committing a crime together, you still think the public's right to know that would outweigh any executive privilege, but. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, we're. I'm a lonely, non country lawyer. John, yeah. what do I know? Exactly. Well, so we're at the hour mark. I'm almost afraid of start, starting any of the other topics because they're going to get like Ukraine is the one I wanted to touch on, but I'm a little afraid it's too much. Um, well, I mean, because I would like to have a larger like, discussion about it because I think we also get into the what is Putin up to, but also what should the U.S. do and what would we do? You know, you know, would we? we I can mean, save I think that. 
that might be worth saving for next time. I think the one more small topic we can sort of cover yeah. and say quickly, it's a five minute or less one, the which suit? is, yes, the lawsuit against Texas, which is. All right, why don't you tell people what it is? Let's, a lot yeah, of us, obviously, do... like, you know, I, I try to accept that, that just you know, the Justice Department is not supposed to publicly announce things they're doing at the same time. Like we're in the we're in a, in motion is a, is or what and this Justice Department really doesn't mention what they're doing. <laughs> but I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, we're we're, we're watching a slow motion coup. And yeah, that's what I mean. I'm sorry, they're really not like, telling us anything. Oh, we're going after these mobsters, or we're going after these people that committed corruption. And like, if it takes two years, it doesn't threaten your country. Uh, this does, and therefore you need to speak out. I'm sorry, you don't need to say exactly what's going on in details of the case, but a weekly press conference, giving saying, just giving people confidence that you're on it, would be a nice thing. Of course, Garland doesn't fucking seem to know how to do that. But, but um, at least in a positive step here, uh, the Justice Department, based on civil rights grounds, sued uh, Texas for the fact that it drew these districts that just, I mean, they're laughable. Um, the 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 they. Basically, they're they're you know they're drawn in a simple way to to make sure Republicans maximize seats seats take power away right. from any minority groups possible in Texas, just the way the Ohio map is drawn and others. And again, another reason why we need the John Lewis Act passed and the other Voting Rights Act passed, so that we can so that we can ban overrule on civil rights ground gerrymandering. Another reason why Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are a couple of fuckers because they apparently think that some rule that doesn't exist in the Constitution and is actually a constitutional, which set up the Senate as a majority body, I mean the filibuster, is more important than us actually having a democracy. So keep the pressure on those two. Yep. Um, but as of right can now – Can you know, I just say how cool I am? Uh, well, you can. I had a question on something, and I just – while we were chatting, did a little quick DM with Richie Torres, and he answered. We are so cool. You are really cool. I can't say what it is. I can't say what it is, though, because it was sort of a confident meaning. I didn't tell them I was going to mention it on the show. So So you're going to tell tell people stuff. You're going to tell people that you found something out, but you're not going to tell them what it is. It's it's all self. Our listeners want to know, John. I know. Come on, John. I know. Inquiring minds want to know. Sorry, I just had to be so. No, you know what it is? It's funny. Little things like that get me excited in a in a I'm poor kind of way. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning like other people in Washington would have figured out how to make a million bucks having the contacts you and I have. And I mean, maybe you've done better than me. I don't know. But I certainly haven't figured out how to make a million bucks with my contacts. But it's kind of nice anyway, because you can check in with people. You know what it is? We don't use people. That's what it is. <laughs> I don't make a lot of money because I don't I don't know how to use Richie Torres for money and I don't actually want to. <laughs> I like the having the contact deal. and and I think you're, you're, you know yeah. And I think he's you're not shameless. It's, it, having some shame is is the problem. Well, I'm only shameless in mentioning the connections because I you know because it does make me kind of proud that I've built these relationships. But but I really think of him as a really neat future for Democrats, and I like being able to work with him. I don't think of it as hey, what could Richie get me? You know, and and that's why I'm not rich. So, or otherwise, I'd be Richie Rich. Oh, I I will say quickly that the (laughs) funny story that happened to me yesterday, which John saw, which was I was on. It came up. But I didn't totally understand it. What was that about? So, okay, what happened was Bob Dole came up on Twitter, and people were having conversations. And Matt Lewis, who just I think is so full of shit. He's sort of like a half never Trumper type conservative. He writes for the Daily Beast, where I also happen to write and does some other stuff. Um, And he just sometimes some of his his thought process is so facile and I I can't believe it's real. So he sent out a tweet. He put out a tweet which said that trying to blame Democrats for Trump because it's our fault. It was just it was laughable. I was like, well, maybe Democrats should have thought 
about this that when we stopped, you know, when they when they supported Bill Clinton and we stopped caring about character, that eventually we'd end up with somebody like Trump. He tried to put yeah. it on us choosing Bill yeah. Clinton over over Dole because Dole just died. That's what was the connection yeah. to over over men of honor who served in the military, yeah. like George H. W. Bush and Dole. And so I was yeah. like, okay, why don't we try this, Matt? Um, first of all, here your your thesis on McCain and Romney. That's lots of fun, but um, find something that you can question about Barack Obama's character. You can say you don't think you, you didn't like what he did. You can disagree with his ideology. No one has ever questioned Barack Obama's impeccable character. Second of all, it's right. funny how when you guys had that draft dodging, drunk, coke snorting George W. Bush in 2004 against John Kerry, the guy that volunteered to go serve in the military didn't have to. Character wasn't really something you give a shit about then, was yeah. it? You were yeah. then you just try to destroy Swift Bottom and destroy the, the positive he did yeah. for this country. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, and let's remind you, have you forgotten about that guy named Richard Nixon? He was a man of high character. Uh, so I mean, it was yeah. a bullshit premise, and a lot of people jumped in just to mock this yeah. asshole for for putting it out there. But then what happened was somebody came at me and was like, like, well, you don't know a lot about John McCain. You might want to do more research. And so my response, I was like, oh. Do you think I should do more additional research, or should I look back at all the research that I did when I wrote a whole book on him? Oh, that's what, that that was what I saw you do. Yeah, yeah. And everyone, all sorts Actually, that of was pretty good, it, and it was that hilarious. Was and so people retweeted, and some guy jumped in alongside me who was like, "Do you think this it would help if Mr. Schechter, which he was always makes me feel weird, used this as one of his research sources?" And he screenshotted my book. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that and, is and, good. To this guy's good. credit, he was like, okay, you got me. I'll read your book. And, he, and I was like, it's okay. Happens to all of us here and there. So he right. wasn't like, I mean, he could be conservative. I don't know. But he actually handled it pretty well because a lot of people came in and were like, uh, dude, he wrote a book on that. Right. Um, you know, so it was it was one of those fun Funny. Twitter moments where somebody, I've seen a few others like that where somebody's like, you don't know what you're talking about with this study. And so I'd be like, I wrote that study. Um, yeah. You know, the, yeah, the yeah. I, 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 it was Kevin Cruz or somebody had something like that I saw. Well, the best one I've ever what, seen yeah. is where somebody went after David Simon and was like, you really, you don't know what you're talking about with Baltimore. You, you know, you should watch The Wire and learn more. Oh, he was like, and he was like, um, I was the court. I was I was the crime reporter for the Baltimore Sun, which is how, <laughs> he didn't say it. But other people were like, you know, he was the crime reporter for the Baltimore Sun, remember which that. he ended up turning into the show The Wire and Homicide yes. and all yes. these other things. I mean, that's somebody what I told remember. David Simon that he really should watch The Wire to understand yep. things better. Yeah, I, I, that I, mean, I remember. I have to admit, I, mine isn't even as cool as that. That's about as good as it gets. That was great. That so, I remember. That was very funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Twitter's special moments. Yep. And very that, funny. That I think is um, that's all I've got. No, I think we're good. Um, it's Tuesday. Yeah. So I think uh, we can see how the news goes again. As always, Thursday or Friday, we'll we'll we will weigh back in depending on what the news brings us all right? all right yes that sounds like a good a good plan john okay yeah we'll good, be back guys. Good. Oh, we're starting with our german accent a good plan I know, good, yeah. good. This Since we a, begin and end know. the show with german in this in this age there'll always be more did you see that. elon musk's haircut well i know he's not well, german but he's kind of german Oh, he got a he got a this weird one of those weird mohawk kind of things. It's really bizarre. Did he really? It also okay, looks a little yeah. alt right, to be honest. It's a little creepy, but yeah. Well, he's becoming more and more alt. Elon's like. kind of a mess. He's kind of a mess, but whatever. He, I I think he's got. Oh my God, is that really him? 
it, the shaved the shaved sides of the head. Yeah, I see it. No, it's really weird. It's really it's weird. Like he's he's going to become like a German skinhead or something. I know. He's you know he's also trying to tank his own stock. Like <sighs> this is part I, of the problem. If you're brilliant, you could also be a little crazy. I think you have to be kind uh, of crazy. I actually brilliant. think there's a strong you know strong correlation. It's not always true. Yeah. But yeah. 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 More, yep. more than we'd like to. Like oh yeah. Admit. All right. Well. Anyway. You right. know, uh, you know oh, well. Maybe by the next time we talk to you, he'll have fixed his hair. If not, we'll be back and talk about exactly. it. Exactly. Hopefully, he does. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Take care. <laughs>